God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you, people of God. Welcome again to your number one podcasting show, CBT Change by Truth, where I'm your host, Minister DK, and we're not here to excite you about what might be in your life, but to invite you to what shall be in your life. So open your heart, grab your faith, get ready. God's got a message and a blessing for you. Stay tuned. God bless you. God bless you and God bless you. Welcome again to CPT Change by Truth. I'm your host, Minister DK, and I'm here to share with you the word of God. And I'm excited about today's word, today's message, today's insight, today's revelation and truth. And it's going to be something that's going to really sound uh, kind of um, bizarre, but I'm going to go ahead and let you know where we're coming from. But before I do that, I want to pray because we're going to need this prayer to see us through to the end to what God is saying. So let's do this thing. Father, we thank you. and We bless you. and We give you glory for who you are. We ask God that you will open our ears where we cannot and we will be able to see God. The thing that you're trying to show us reveal to your people, God, that you are not just a good God or a great God, but you're all knowing God who's willing to go to distance to reach us right where we are in this life. For there is no place, there is no situation, no trouble, no hole, God, that we can be in that you are not already involved in. So bless the people's hearing today. Comfort their heart and edify their faith as they listen to this word in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of Nazareth. But people of God, I pray that you receive that prayer so it can comfort you through this situation. Let me ask you a question, and this question is going to be lengthy, but it's going to be profitable. Have you, as as a Christian, have you ever been in a situation where you are in need of something, but it's not the word? (laughs) Think about it, because I know some of you are saying that that's all we need, the word, the word, the word, the word, but be honest with yourself. Have you ever been in a situation where you're hurting, where you're needy, where you feel lost, abandoned, or you just feel something inside of your life? And I don't care where you look or where you search. There's one thing that you know, that you have been to church, you have been to Bible study, you have been in prayer, you have fasted, you've talked to your prayer partner, you talked to that person that you know that they know God and all you realize is that what I need right now is not the word. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to talk about the title of this message today is that I oh got I don't need a word. I need a hand. One more time. I don't need a word. Not this time. Not in this situation. Not where I am. Not what I'm feeling. I don't need a word. I need a hand because listen, people of God, sometimes the word of God has its place. The word of God is all knowing. It's all encompassing. It's all powerful. But there is a place for the word when we deal with the reality of what the word is. And many of the times in life, what I found out is that people are hurting right now in their life. Because Christians and church people and even lay people and ministers and pastors have misdiagnosed where they are and they give them or what I say, force feed them the word. 
Now, I know that sounds kind of strange, but I come from a place where I have seen people come in church, clap their hands, praise God, listen to the word, receive the word, go to the altar, give their life to God or get straight with God. And then the same Sunday, the same day in the next two services or every Sunday, I see that same individual come back to the altar and do it all again in the name of Jesus. And so I wonder to myself, what is it that causes a person to come in the presence of God, receive the word of God, repent before the presence of God, leave the house of God and come back the next Sunday or the following service without God? What happens? Where are we at? It goes to show me that sometimes if we're honest, what we need is not another church field, Holy Ghost baptized, anointing touch from a person. But sometimes in the reality of why people can't come to walk closer with God or receive what God has for them because they're broken and lost in a place in their life. In truth, in pain, in darkness, in hunger, in appetite, that they have to understand that appetite and that pain, that heart, that hurt, that loss. They have to come to understand that place before they can find their place in God. Because watch this. If you're not comfortable with yourself and the things that's inside of you, you'll never be able to stand before God. Because when you stand before God and look God face to face, what you will find is that you're looking at yourself. And so to bring this and make this more clearer to you, I want to just go through a scripture and I'm going to show you by word that sometimes even Jesus Christ understands the delicacy of who we are as people, who we are as mother Father, son, daughter, cousin, nephew, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife. He understands the, the hunger. He understands the need and, and the, the positions that we have to be fulfilled in to understand that until that's taken care of, we cannot stand in our place with God. Let me ask you this. Are you familiar with, Th- with Thomas? Yeah, Thomas. Thomas and uh, the Bible and the book of uh, in, the, in the Gospels, Thomas, uh, you may know him as some people call him Doubting Thomas. Yeah, I like that. They called him Doubting Thomas because Thomas told the disciples that I will not believe that Jesus Christ has risen unless I put my finger in his nail hole and my hand in his side. And because Thomas declared that that truth in his life. He is labeled as a doubting Thomas. But I want to ask you to open your mind and let's look further. Because Thomas was a disciple that walked with Jesus. He was one of Jesus's own. So there was a connection between him and God. But to to base this out for you, I'm not going to take long. Uh, Jesus told his disciples to stay in the upper room until he returned. He was going to be crucified, killed and go in the belly of the earth for three days and come back. In other words, there was a time and a period in the disciples life where Jesus was not present. He was dead to them, alive in the spirit. 
And all the disciples were in the upper room except for Thomas. That lets you know, people of God, that when we don't feel the presence of God in our life, it affects us different ways. We're somewhere in the upper room waiting for God, believing God, trusting in his word. Thomas now had a different angle. He had a different pain. His, his pain and hurt was affected him different than the rest of them. He dealt with the absence of truth in his life, Jesus Christ. He dealt with that truth different than everybody else dealt with him. That's why you can't judge people by what you see because their reaction to not having Jesus in their life or not having his presence on them affects us all differently. And so Thomas was gone. And while he was absent from the church, from the gathering of the upper room, Jesus decides to show up. And when Jesus shows up, he knows that Thomas is not there. But he's talked to his disciples, the ones that was in church that night. He talked to them and he said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that he breathed, he breathed upon them and he gave them his spirit. And then he left. And what does that mean? It means that you now have an atmosphere, a room, a sanctuary, a church that is filled with 10 Holy Ghost filled Jesus baptized people who have just now received an impartation of the word of God from Jesus Christ himself. Sounds like Sunday morning, don't it? Glory to God. So they're in the upper room and they're clapping their hands and they're shouting and they're, they're swaying because they know the word is real because Jesus fulfilled what he said. He came back for them. And before you know it, Thomas now comes back and he comes in the room. He walks into a sanctified atmosphere. He walks into an atmosphere that Jesus has been in, where the word has been preached, the spirit has been moving. And the people of God run to him and they say, Thomas, Thomas, Jesus is alive. The word is real. He is risen. He is real. All glory to God. He, he's alive. We're going to be safe. He, what he said is true. And Thomas looks at all of the people in the church. Because I told you his pain was different. Thomas looks at them. And he says, get out my face. I don't believe that. Why would he leave us? I don't, I don't believe I don't believe what you say. I don't even care what you say. He's a matter of fact, the only way that I will believe or even conceive what you're saying. Watch this, people of God. Thomas said, the only way I believe it is that I take my finger and I put it into his nail holes. Or I take my hand and shove it into his side where they speared him. Keep in mind, Thomas said that would be the only way he believed. Now, this is unique because what you have here now is 10 people of God filled with the spirit of God, filled with the power of God. And they're ministering to one of their own who don't have their spirit, who's in pain. He's hurting because he has been without Christ in his life for a couple of days. And even the word that they have, the, the, the endowment of the spirit of God. With that in their life, the disciples, they're not able to reach one individual. They're not able to reach Thomas with all of the power they have in them. Did you ever think for a moment 
that when Thomas said, unless I put my finger in his nail hole and my hand in his side, I won't believe that the word is real. Did you ever wonder why with all of those people in there that nobody pulled their sleeve up or opened their side to give Thomas what he needed? You ever been around people that I don't care where you are, or what you're hurting or what you've been through or where you're at. If you're in sin, beneath sin, over sin, wrapped up in sin, people don't want to meet you where you are. They continue want to tell you to give a shout and run and to read some scripture like that's going to touch you and, and get you where you are. Nobody pulled their sleeve back. In other words, none of the people that were filled with the Holy Ghost, none of them had any scars or any wounds in their life. But that's not true, because if you've been saved by God, he saved you from disparity. He saved you from hurt, pain, death, sin, the devil. If a believer is a believer, he has to have some wounds and some scars. But many people who are baptized, filled with the spirit of God, Holy Ghost, tongue talking people in church. They look at you, but none of them are really willing and able to pour back their scar, their, their, their robe and their sleeve to share with you. What you need. It's amazing how many people in the in the body of Christ are hurt because the people of God won't give them a hand. In other words, they won't meet them where they're at. They want to give them a word. And many times we give a word because we don't want to give what, what's in our heart. We don't want to give our testimony. We don't want to give what's true. We don't want to tell people that we've been down and low. We've been in sin, in the ditch. We've been in the hall pen. We've been drugged. We've been in darkness. Instead, instead of me give you my hand to let you know the works that I have been delivered from, I'll give you a word. A glory to God. So Thomas is in church with church going people and he's still lost. And it sounds just like some people I know today that love God. They're looking for God, but they're not looking for the risen savior as much as they are looking for a savior who can meet them where they are. Because sometimes you're so low until if you get where Christ is, it convicts you. Sometimes the light is so bright until you need somebody to come down where you are and put a lampshade. Not on the truth of God. But on your your experience with God and let me know that you know where I'm at. But because none of the disciples would do that, because they wouldn't pull back and share with Thomas their pain, their nail hole, their wound in their side, where they were speared, where they were nailed. The Bible says that Jesus walks back in the room. He walks through the wall, through the door. And he stands in front of Thomas, people of God. Watch this. He does not rebuke Thomas. He does not breathe on Thomas. He does not lay hands on Thomas or rebuke demons of doubt. So we call him doubt and Thomas. He doesn't redo any of that. What Jesus does is he pulls back his sleeve, his robe and rolls it back with his nail holes are showing and he extends his holy and righteous all working sacrificial hand into the presence of Thomas and says here Thomas oh, glory to my God he says here Thomas stick your finger in my nail hole 
And then he undoes his robe and he pulls back the place that was before he was crucified. He was letting Thomas know that I've been where you are. I know what it's like for people to mishandle you, for them to try to kill you, for them to stick and shove the tip of their anger inside of your heart to make sure you're dead. He said, here, Thomas, put your finger in my nail hole. I know what it's like to be nailed to somebody else's cross or a cross that somebody wants you to carry so they won't have to carry it. He said, here, Thomas, I know how you feel. You feel like hell. I've already been to hell. Glory to God. He extends to Thomas what Thomas told the people of God that he needed. And I find it like a loving savior that Jesus didn't give him the word. Watch this. You don't have to give the word to people when you know you are the word and Christ lives in you and you are his word. There's a time to release a word of spiritual empowerment after you have now ministered to the soul and the life and the heart and the humanity of an individual who is crying in need. My father once told me a powerful thing that Martin Luther King said. Martin Luther King Jr. stated in one of his interviews. He said any religion that does not care about the things that damn the soul of a man is a no good dry religion in need of new blood. God understands where we are. He understands who you are. He understands where you are. The reality of it is, is that he's not going to just give you something to make you feel convicted. But he gave Thomas what he asked for. The Bible says he gives you the desire of your heart. He met Thomas in his pain because Christ just came through pain. He met Thomas in his low place. He just came from the grave. He met Thomas in his sadness. Christ had just died for all of our sin. You don't get no sadder than that. And watch this. You know, the, you know, the people of God, you know, they said that Thomas, he just doubtful. I'm talking about the disciples in the upper room. They probably called him everything from a goat to a demonic float in the parade. But Jesus comes in, who is the word. And he ministers to Thomas on his level. Let me ask you a question. And I pray I got your attention. When's the last time you pulled your sleeve back? When's the last time you opened up, oh God, your robe and showed somebody the place that you was killed, but you're still living? People don't always need to know that you know scripture. You don't always need to encourage people with the word. Sometimes the greatest encouragement and medication for a person who's damned or twisted in their soul is another soul that understands what it's like to be made whole. Jesus offered himself up as a living sacrifice to Thomas. You know what's odd and what's glorious, people of God? Thomas said he won't believe unless he put his finger in the nail hole and his hand into his side. And when Jesus offered him the nail hole, his hand, and offered him his side, his body, Thomas then said, I believe. Thomas never put his finger or his hand in the hole, the place that he needed. He just wanted to know if anybody would give me or offer me or meet me or understand where I am. And Jesus said, Thomas, you believe because you have seen. Seen what? 
promise you believe because you have seen that I love you the way that I love you. You believe because you have seen that I understand how you feel. You believe because you have seen that I am all knowing and I will leave heaven and come to earth to get you regardless of how low you are. Jesus never gave him a word. He gave him his hand. And I tell you now, by the power of the wind of God, from the four corners of the earth, until we get to the place where we understand that your hand walks hand in hand with the word, we have to do work in the flesh by the power and the nature of our testimony and the truth. And then the power of the word of God comes in for the Bible says, and they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Everything has its place. Thomas couldn't be reached because nobody was willing to sit beside him. Everybody wanted to stand up before him to be glorious and righteous. Jesus comes in and when Jesus rolled his robe back, people of God, rolling his sleeve back and opening his robe was was the same as him taking his glory and peeling it back all the way before he was crucified to the day that he was beat and telling Thomas, I understand. I'm not going to give you a word because you're not in the place to receive a word right now. Bible said there's a time and a place for everything. God said, if I don't meet you where you are right now. See, sometimes people of God, people just want to know if you feel how they feel. If you're willing to bleed how they're bleeding. If you're willing to suffer the pain that they feel inside. Sometimes true ministry is not sitting in church and clapping your hands and fasting. Sometimes people of God, true ministry is when you show people how you've been done and you let them feel you, poke you, grab you in the old you to show them that you got a new you. Oh, I pray that you get this. Time out. Time out. I'm not taking no, no valuable essence from the word because the word is our hope. Bible says that the soul can only be so saved by the engrafted word of God. The soul is only saved by the engrafted word of God. But if, you, if a person's soul don't understand that we live in a body that goes through things, the word has to be engrafted into the life of a person, which means if I engraft something into your soul, watch this. I have to go through dimension, the dimension of your flesh first. You can't get to the soul without going through the flesh. Many people are willing to give you a word, but not, not, they're not willing to minister to you about where you are, what you are, where you've been, what you've done. There was 10 sanctified Holy Ghost filled people in the upper room and they could not win Thomas. They could not win one. They could not win one of their own because they refused to roll back their sleeve. My God. People are hurting in this world right now because the church is too pretty. 
We look like the fruit in the grocery store that's ready to be picked over. But people don't want to look like the fruit that's in the field, that's growing on the trees that has not been washed, that has been affected by the weather, by the birds, by the insects, and insects by the sun. We don't want to look like harvest fruit. We want to look like grocery fruit. Thomas said, I don't need grocery fruit. I need somebody to know what it's like to be in a wild field. A glory to God. When we give people the word who are low in their their life, their soul, who needs ministry of truth. When we give them that, and I close out with this. Years ago, they had some some diggers or some some miners that were stuck in a cave in, in a trench in a mountain in Tennessee or somewhere. And they had been they had an avalanche and it closed them in in that cave for 20 some days. They were without they were low on oxygen, food, they were weak, and they were in darkness, people of God. And the people up there above the earth was digging to get them out. And I remember when they got them out, I remember when they finally broke through the rubbish and they were pulling the people out of the cave. And I was watching the news and I was thinking to myself, why in the world are they bringing these people out? And they got shades on. I never forget it. And I asked somebody, why do they have shades on them? And they said they've been in darkness so long. They've been in a low place so long. They've been without light so long that their eyes have adjusted to the darkness. In other words, they could see better in the darkness, as dark as it was beneath the earth, than they could above the earth in the daylight. And they said if they bring them out of that low place, that dark place, that hurting place, that captured place, if they bring them out and bring them out into full sunlight, the light will kill or destroy or damage their vision. So they had to guard their eyes. And I said it to say this to you. Many people are damaged right now because they've been in a place like Thomas, out of the will of God, hurting in pain because they don't feel the presence of God because God is nowhere around. So they think and they come to people of God in the church. And the first thing we do is when they come to us and they have the deer in the deer in the headlight looks and they're really in need of God. We shine the light in their eyes and we damage. Oh, God, their soul. Instead of giving them a hand to pull them out of a hole slowly. See, when you connect with somebody with your hand, you're letting them know you don't need to feel embarrassed because I'm pulling you out because I was pulled out. I come to tell you today, you. You don't need always a word first. Sometimes you need a hand because if it's a child of God, Who's in the will of God and loves God, regardless of who they are, what color, what creed, or what language they speak, regardless of what they are. If they're in the will of God, you can take that hand and you can look at it. And I promise you, there's a nail hole. And if you talk with them long enough and you hang out with them long enough and you pray with them and have fellowship with them long enough, you'll find out that somewhere between their ribs. There's a cut because no child of God, no child of God. Knows God without a wounded heart. 
Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. We thank you. We give you all praise and glory. I give you the praise because you are a God that is willing to stand before me, God, and give me what I need in order to receive what you have for me. I pray that you bless the people that listen to this word, God. I pray that it changes the understanding that they realize this is not a message for us to gloat and to brag about being lost. But this is a message, God, for people of God to understand. They have to have God, not only a word, but they have to have a hand to give people so people can know that they know how they feel. In the name of the father that is good and glorious and righteous and loving and caring and most of all. He's a kind God. Touch the people, heal the people, God, deliver the people, prepare the people, God, for your glory. In the name of Jesus, it is so. People of God, be blessed. Be better than blessed. And on a good day, be victorious blessed. Until we talk again, stay faithful. But people of God, that's all we have time for today. I pray you enjoyed what you heard and your life was changed. You have to remember, in all of your getting, the main thing you have to get is an understanding. It is with an understanding and the faith and the power of the word of God that we come into true change. Because remember, without truth, you cannot be changed because we're only changed by truth. See you next time. God bless you.